Let us pray. God of mercy, be with us as we find our way home. In whatever way that looks to each one of us, be with us. In the name of your loving Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A recurring theme in our lessons today seems to draw us to the authority given to the people of God and the personal witnessing of God. In Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, Paul seems to be focused on what it means to have faith in Christ and to resist the devil. In his defense-like speech, Paul seems to be boasting about God and his own experience with God. Now in our text, Paul does not identify this person in Christ whom he met 14 years ago. But one can imagine that he is speaking of himself. He was apparently boasting about his experience because he knew that at the time it was was frowned upon to boast about yourself. So he is just remembering his experience in, in the third heaven or paradise with God. Where he was told things that are too powerful to repeat. So instead, Paul acknowledges his limitations and is a witness to God's power and authority. And in doing so, Christ's power may also dwell in him. Paul was bringing God's message to the people at that time. In his own current context, people who might not have been ready to listen or prepared to understand. Yet suffering becomes part of what unites us to Christ, to Christ's pain and death, and therefore also to new life. Like in our gospel this morning, Jesus is returning home, returning to Nazareth, and many things have changed, not only for the characters of this part of the story, but most importantly to Jesus. It is hard for us or for me to imagine what it is, what it was like for Jesus to return as a teacher, shepherd, leader. Maybe Jesus was not even considering this, but I sure would not be concerned about my community turning their back on me. Now leaving Houston four years ago was hard. Unlike my husband, Tan, who has previously lived in Alexandria and Waco and has just moved a lot, I was born and raised here. Houston was all I knew. And three hours may not seem a lot to those of us who are native here, but to those who are not from Texas, you know that this drive could mean a whole other state. I was leaving my community, the community that had raised me that had seen me at my best, all the wonderful, great things that I, had, I was doing, and at my very worst. This community knew me as a youth director, but they also knew me as a rebellious teenager. 
And when I came back, I knew a lot had changed. But I was not worried about my community not accepting me. I think that's one of the reasons why Mark, the author of this gospel, is to the point in his writing. You know, very just, if we compare all four gospels, Mark is just kind of giving us the facts. There's not a lot of details to go with it. I think it leaves room for all of us to wonder and get curious about what the text is saying to us. So here is Jesus with the disciples who followed him into Nazareth. Jesus' community, who knew him as many other things, could not see Jesus as being able to teach. They only see Jesus as what they thought they knew. The carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph, Judas and Simon, instead of all of the above and more. Mark goes on to say that Jesus could do no deed of power there, there. Yet, in my opinion, the most important detail is the, the, the sentence that goes right after that. Jesus laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. We don't know who those sick people were. But we can conclude that the faith of some made this possible. Now, can you imagine what it would have been like had Jesus' community been open to understanding more of God through Jesus? Through Jesus' full human experience. What are we missing out in our communities today because we refuse to see God in ordinary, everyday things? Then there's a shift in our gospel, ending with Jesus being amazed at their disbelief. Jesus continued to teach among the villages, did not let the rejection of this community to stop him from sharing the good news. Instead, he called the disciples, sends them out two by two, and gives them authority. They are to leave everything, everything behind, but each other. They are not sent alone. They are sent with the power of God, love that carries them out into the world, even to those places that may not have been ready to hear them. Following Jesus' example of continuing to love and heal even when there was unbelief. Today we believe that God's love equips us to do the same. We will experience pain and unbelief and unrejection when we seek to reveal God's love to all. But we don't go alone, we go together. We go in relationships with others, in community. And we also go constantly evaluating ourselves. 
Because as Jesuit priest Dr. John Mosey reminds us, even the spiritual journey is not exempt of self-deception. And when we depart and we shake off the dust, we shake and also let go of those things we make about ourselves. We shake the fears, the doubts, the boasting of the self. Because we, well, at least I recognize, I, I see those traits and things that need to be left behind for myself. I knew that leaving Houston four years ago meant leaving and dusting some parts of me that needed to be changed. And I knew the same thing about a year ago when I left seminary. I had many things to shake off and let go and bring with me to a different place. Not easy, not pretty. Yet finding God in the new spaces that we are all called to be at. With the communities. And a year later, I also get to reflect on this as I've been here for a whole year at Trinity and seeing what are the things that are working and what are those things that need to be let go of. And we continue as Jesus modeled for the disciples, for Paul, and for us, finding the extraordinary in the ordinary. Today we also celebrate Independence Day. And as a whole, to finish, I invite us to get curious about what this document said and what it meant in 1776, to read it with context and what it means today for all of God's people. Then I invite you to read Frederick Douglass's 1852 4th of July speech. And as a community, and as we resume in-person services and start coming back from a year of isolation, I challenge you to ask yourself, what are those things that need to be let go of? And what actions will we take together to make sure that we are speaking about God's love for all? Amen.